Welcome to Advancing Our Church, a podcast about Catholic stewardship, leadership, and advancement. I'm Jim Friend, and before we get started, I just want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Changing Our World. If you're in charge of fundraising for a Catholic organization and you're looking to make a significant impact, Changing Our World can help. Their expert team provides customized services to help Catholic organizations radically connect with new and existing donors. So whether you're looking to start a new fundraising campaign or if you want to improve an existing one, Changing Our World can offer the guidance and support you need to achieve your fundraising goals. Just visit changingourworld.com today to learn more and check out the link to their website in the show notes of this episode. And now, let's get to work. Well, welcome back to Advancing Our Church. I'm so glad that everybody could join us today. Today, I am joined by Katie McCarthy, who is the Director of Marketing for Protect Our Kids. And today, we're going to talk about some questions that they've developed that every parent should ask their child before they begin this new school year. So first of all, welcome, Katie, to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So glad to have you here. Uh, the protection of children is something that, uh, as a father of three young adult children, uh, has always been something that's very important to my wife and I. And uh, so when I saw this uh, come across my desk, I was so uh, pleased to have you and excited to have you on the podcast and just talk about this important uh, issue, and especially with all the political uh, stuff that's out there and the ways in which uh, uh, we're crossing the borders in, way, in ways that we shouldn't in our educational system. I think it's important to at least alert parents uh, as to what is happening. So first, Katie, why don't we just start with, uh, I read a little bit about your background. Uh, tell us how you got involved with uh, Protect Our Kids. Well, a friend approached me in 2019 um, and she was involved in the grassroots activism uh, fighting back against comprehensive sexuality education in California. California was a pioneer in this and passed a law called the California Healthy Youth Act in 2015. And so middle schools and high schools started teaching this type of sex education uh, to include something called SOGI, S-O-G-I, which is sexual orientation and gender identity. So at the very young ages, they're telling kids that your gender is a social construct and it can change. And that was just extremely dangerous, but there was so much more. She um, asked me if I could have a bunch of friends come over my house and she could provide a presentation to uh, parents about this, this uh, sex education that was happening in public schools. So we put on a little presentation and we were all mortified because it was, we just couldn't even understand why the state of California would want to introduce and encourage children to experiment in things that were so different from the way that families have been propagating for thousands of years. So um, uh, that led me to get involved in the fight. And I was with a grassroots organization where we did sex ed sit outs where parents kept their kids home because we figured, you know, that if you hit them in the pocketbook, you know, they don't get paid if the children do not attend school that day, um, then maybe they would hear our message. But it actually didn't work. And we had thousands and thousands of people. They showed up in Sacramento with signs. They gave public comment on a law we tried to pass. They kept their kids out of school and they showed up at school district offices all around the state to protest this comprehensive sexuality education. And it didn't seem that the legislature cared one bit. So it was a little discouraging. And then I learned about this organization, Protect Our Kids, that was brand new. It was started by Mark Schneider, who is a lawyer and an engineer by trade. Um, and 
he was putting on conferences around the state uh, to enlighten parents and grandparents. And there's an interesting thing there. Most of the attendants, there was a really heavy grandparent audience. And I think that is because in our current culture today, um, a lot of parents are so busy, so much busier than my mom was when I was in school. Somehow we have been led to believe that if we don't have our kids doing something, you know, every single waking hour of the moment, and we're not on our hamster wheels, driving them here and driving them there and washing their t-ball uniform and getting ready for soccer practice and going to dance and that somehow we're not doing our jobs. And that's, that's how this stuff gets in. Parents can't pay attention. They're on their hamster wheels. They're just trying to keep their head above water. So then COVID came and shut down these conferences that were enlightening a lot of parents, enlightening a lot of parents. And um, we spent a lot of time during the shutdown, since we couldn't have conferences, creating content for our website. So we created several videos um, on comprehensive sexuality education, critical race theory, social and emotional learning, um, all kinds of things that, because slowly more and more were coming into the public school system. Uh, we started with sex education just in California. And in the, over the last four years, we have evolved to all kinds of indoctrination happening in public schools throughout the United States of America, because it is everywhere now. Um, since then, I've moved to Texas with my family, my four kids, uh, who, who I homeschooled, not because I was some brilliant person who had this wonderful idea. I had twins who had medical issues um, early on, and I spent a lot of time taking them to doctors, and then I had two other kids. So I was homeschooling in waiting rooms, and it turned out to be this major blessing in disguise. And every year I saw more and more fruits of homeschooling. And so I did it another year. And I, I just, this past May, we graduated our last fourth child from high school. They were all homeschooled K to 12. And it's been just a tremendous asset to our family and to our lives. So Katie, I'm, I'm curious, uh, what was it that led Mark to begin this, uh, this important ministry for families? Well, Mark Schneider was the, he founded an, an organization called uh, Salt and Light Ministry through his church many years ago, way before I knew him. And as such, he was very involved and, and up to date. He kept apprised on all the laws that were being passed in California, whether they had to do with crosses or flags or education or anything that might be, you know, might interfere with our ability to worship the way that we should freely. And so when... I guess Obergefell, the Supreme Court ruling happened in June of 2015. And that became the rationale for, oh, well, now we have to recognize all kinds of marriages. So therefore it's not fair to Johnny who has two moms to go to school and only hear about heterosexual normativity is what they call it. In fact, Planned Parenthood, one of their slogans on their website was, we want to, it's either Planned Parenthood or SECUS, the, the self-appointed uh, sex ed leader of the world um, or of the United States, that they want to kick heteronormativity to the curb, meaning that they want to see heterosexual relationships no longer be in the norm. So we started to, um, you know, we were very concerned with what we were seeing initially, but it seemed to get worse and worse, just when you thought it couldn't get any worse. 
Um, one thing that came in in spades was SOGI, so, um, sexual orientation and gender identity. And originally the California Healthy Youth Act, which was passed in to mandate sex education in middle school and high school, it was um, not mandatory in elementary school, but slowly but surely it just started spreading and they were teaching it in elementary schools. And they're reading little kids books um, that say things like, the doctors didn't know what gender you were when you were born. So they looked at your body and made a guess. And this is incredibly, it's, it's completely confusing to a child and goes against any Christian value or you know, education. Um, so this we realized was gonna be a problem. So we've been, mm -hmm. we started with that and we moved to critical race theory and to social and emotional learning. And there's a lot, we have a lot of issues that have to be dealt with in public school. Well, I know that Protect Our Kids has developed a number of helpful resources in support of the mission that's informing and empowering parents um, as as in their role as, a, of course, the primary educators of their children. Can you discuss some of the resources that are available to parents? Yes, as a matter of fact, on our website right now, if you go to protectourkidsnow.org, you will find, you can download a free report called um, Back to School Questions Every Parent Should Ask. And there's seven questions that you should be asking your school. Um, and I think even if you just read the questions, it will cause enough doubt in your mind that you'll wanna get involved and you'll wanna know more specifically what's happening in your public schools, because these are not the schools of our, our youth. They're just right. they're totally different. Um, but that is the big one right now. I would definitely download that free report at protectourkidsnow.org. Um, in addition to that, we have brochures. Um, we, have, uh, we have toolkits for parents that provide things like how to engage with your school board. And I'll tell you right now, one of the most important things is do not go it alone. Um, you, can get, you can print out brochures off of our website and pass them out to your children's friends' parents and say, hey, there's a school board meeting next Tuesday. Why don't we all go meet together? Because there's power in numbers. And when one person gets up and makes public comment, the board can pretty much dismiss them. But if the entire, you know, the entire group sitting in the audience is on that person's side, it's a much more powerful statement. Definitely. Um, it's definitely power in numbers. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and I wouldn't do, there's no reason to do this alone. There are so many more parents than there are administrators. There's also toolkits for teachers. And I don't want anybody to think that I don't love teachers because I, I am one. I mean, I taught for 22 years, I homeschooled. Um, some of my best friends are teachers and they're in this fight with me and we fight shoulder to shoulder. Um, many of the more traditional minded Christian, Judeo-Christian principled teachers have found it so difficult to hang on that they've retired early. And the administrators, um, at the higher levels have found it easier to replace those people with the more radically taught, educated people in college who are willing to push forth this idea that gender is a social construct and that children should, you know, they have rights and they should, they should be allowed to experience sexual pleasure. I mean, sex is no longer about biology and reproduction in schools. It is about everything. The sky's the limit. 
I have read things in some of the materials that I didn't, I had no idea even existed, even having, after having four children of my own. So um, we do have those kinds of materials for the teachers. A lot of teachers don't know that they are no longer compelled to be a member of the teachers union and pay dues. And in fact, many of their dues are going to initiatives that they don't personally agree with, um, but you can get out of the teachers union. And while many people in the teachers union will try and scare you into thinking you're gonna lose your liability insurance, there are other liability insurance options available. And if you go to our toolkits for teachers on our website, we will show you exactly how to get out of the teachers union and how to cover yourself with liability insurance and you'll save money and you'll have better coverage in the long run. And you won't be supporting this agenda in the public schools. Um, we also have toolkits for pastors who might be interested in starting a homeschool co-op. Perhaps you have a parish hall or a center and you would allow um, you know, several parents to come in and supervise a uh, could be a Catholic homeschooling co-op situation. And we actually created, <clears throat> excuse me, a, a brochure for pastors on exactly how to do that. And in fact, one of our um, steering committee members was involved in getting a few of those off the ground in Orange County, California. And that was uh, a, a real big success story. Um, wow. We also Katie. have... I'm sorry, I let you go. Oh, I'm sorry. I just want to ask you, um, can we go back to the to the questions? Because I think you probably piqued a lot of people's curiosity about what are some of those questions? If you could just tease us a little bit with what are some of the questions that uh, parents should be asking uh, at the beginning of the school year with, of their school district or their of their child's right here, school? The back to school questions. Yeah. Yeah. Can you can you offer us? Tell us a little share us with us a couple of those questions. That'd be great. Okay. So the back to school questions that every parent should ask, you can get these at our website. Mm -hmm. and and we'll leave, we'll leave a link in the show notes of this episode. If somebody wants to click right in on this. Yeah. And I'm just going to, I'm going to read you the questions, but there's more detail on each and every one of these. And this will give you a lot of information. Number Great. one, does your child's school teach sex education and or gender theory? Number two, does your child's school teach critical race theory or ethnic studies? Number three, does your child's school, school use a teaching method called social and emotional learning? Four, as a parent, do you have access to the school library and your child's curriculum? Five, does your child's school conduct personally, in, I'm sorry, does your child's school conduct personally intrusive student surveys that violate student and family privacy? Six, does your child's school recruit students into extracurricular clubs that are ideological or political in nature? And seven, as a parent, do you have the right to opt out of any of these activities? And I will tell you just from the library book perspective, there's a tool on our website where you can look up and see what materials are in your public school and your private school library. I recently, um, we lived in, my family lived in Orange County, California for 24 years and moved to Dallas, Texas in 2020. And I thought for sure that they were not gonna be facing the problems in Dallas, Texas that we were facing in California. And much to my dismay, I was wrong. I could not believe how much this material has infiltrated Dallas schools. Um, here, it's almost a little bit worse because the parents can't believe it's here. So they're not my Texas. And they say things like, don't 
don't California my Texas? And, and, and my answer to that is it's kind of too late. Um, so I looked up uh, my, my public school, um, I'm sorry, what is it called? The ISD, the Independent School District. And the Catholic school popped up in the search results. And I thought, oh, wow, that's interesting. There, there's a K through eight Catholic school here. So I looked there and I just did a quick search on gender. And in a matter of minutes, I found two books that were completely inappropriate for kindergarten through eighth grade. And I would argue that not even high school, there's no, no reason for these young adult novels to be filled with all this kind of uh, lifestyle normalization. Um, I contacted the church pastor and they thanked me and um, they're gonna make sure that none of this gets in further. But the newer schools purchase their library books in bundles and they don't know, you know, if you purchase hundreds of books in the young adult novel, they might only show you a handful of what's in that, that bundle, but the publishers are publishing more and more um, SOGI friendly, sexual orientation, gender identity friendly, and critical race theory um, kinds of kind of topics and embedding them in stories and young adult novels. Wow. What advice do you have, Katie, for parents who are trying to navigate this system? Where do they start? Well, I would say start at our website, um, protectourkidsnow.org. That, if you go to toolkits for parents, for, for teachers, for pastors, and you look at our YouTube channel, we have many very helpful uh, videos explaining what all these things are. Uh, that's a start. Um, I would say if you get your kids out of public education, that would be optimal because this is a growing problem and it's going to take quite some time to turn this around. So if you have a kid in third grade, you have 10 years ahead. It's not going to change in 10 years. In fact, it's still rolling out across the nation. And, and there are forces that want very much because of the Obergefell under the guise of discrimination. They're saying that we have to teach this. We have to teach these things to students because no longer can we say that heterosexual biblical marriage is the norm. That's no longer the case. The other thing I would tell parents to do is if you cannot, if you cannot afford to put your kid in private school and you don't have the resources to homeschool, which I would tell you is a lot easier than you think, especially when I started 22 years ago, there were not a lot of resources. By the time I finished up, I was barely involved. My son took all of his math classes online. I didn't even have to be in the room. Um, but if you don't, but if you, you're not in a situation where you can do that, um, it's important to know what's happening at your schools and it's important to get other parents involved. Um, and as I said, the school board meetings are a good place to start. And in fact, California has won some really big fights in the last several weeks. There's been a couple of teachers in Escondido, which is San Diego County, where a federal judge said that they didn't have to lie to parents. I mean, think about it. We're, we're saying that the policy is to lie to parents about their children wanting to transition their gender. That's, I mean, how did we get here? It's really quite right. startling. So, but, you know, people are fighting back. We just need more people to fight back and we can get this back to normal more quickly, but we need more parents in the fight. 
Are you um, seeing other organizations part? Are you partnering with other organizations or what are you seeing out in the field as far as other folks who are also kind of uh, carrying this this fight and, and bringing it to the school districts? Absolutely. Yes, we are. We have many partner organizations. Um, our leadership stays in touch with a lot of them. We provide them with content to share to their constituencies. Um, you know, we're we're all working, but there's it's not enough. And we need we need more people in the fight for sure. Excellent. Well, Katie, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. I'm going to leave links uh, in the show notes of this episode to Katie and protectourkidsnow.org, along with links to the resources that uh, they have available for parents. And uh, that way folks can get in contact with you directly and and hopefully join this fight with you, uh, not just in Texas or California, but just across the country. Great. And if it's in Texas, it's it's coming to a school near you. Sure. Absolutely. Well, Katie, thank you so much for joining us on Advancing Our Church. Uh, we'll stay in touch and, and continue to update folks on, on this uh, important issue. Thank you for having me, Jim. God bless. Well, that's our show this week. I want to thank you, our listeners, for joining me on today's show. I hope you found this conversation valuable and that it has in some way inspired you to take action to advance the mission of our church. And if this is your first time listening to Advancing Our Church, I hope you're going to stick around and subscribe. You can find us on all places where you download your favorite podcasts. You can find us on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And for more information about our show, please visit us at Advancing advancingourchurch.com. And once again, many thanks to our sponsor, Changing Our World. You can find a link to their website in the show notes of this episode. Well, that's it for me, everybody. I hope you're having a terrific week. We'll see you next time. Take care and God bless.